Welcome to another serious Disney's. Now this one's from the archives. Um, what I mean by that is that we recorded it absolutely ages ago, and I never got around to releasing it. And here we go. This is the next one in our the Disney reimagined classics line, as I believe we now know they're called, thanks to that being what they're listed as on Disney Plus. So there you go. But Disney Plus didn't exist. They had, don't even. I don't even think they thought of it when uh, we recorded this. This was ages ago. This is for context before Dumbo. Or the Lion King live action came out. So bear that in mind as you listen to this review of Pete's Dragon. Both old and new in this case. There we go. That's your context warning. Enjoy. Hello! <laughs> I assaulted you with hello. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Right, is this the episode? Yeah! Oh yeah, this is it. Alright. Hello! Welcome them. Okay, welcome to... Hello, welcome to Serious Disney's, a podcast where we do serious things about Disney. We haven't come up with like an intro. I guess this is it. You know, because podcasts go, Hi, welcome to podcast, the podcast where we podcast about podcasts. We've not got one of those. We need to come up with one. Because what is this premise? This is the podcast where, for now at least, we're watching whatever this is series. (laughs) Where Disney have been doing remakes of their old films. Yes. Right, well, let's start there. Yeah. We are at a sort of a turning point in the series of remakes what Disney have done. Oh, we? Be- yes, because the next one is Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And the next one, Beauty and the Beast, steers this whole ship off in a, in a weird new direction, which we don't yet know what lasting effect it's going to have, but... Yeah. Because the, the, what they've done there, in contrast to this one, what they've done is they've taken one of Disney's most highly regarded animated films ever, yeah, and they have adapted it in a, such a close way that basically any differences, almost down to, like, shot for shot, yeah. between it and the original, is a point of conversation. Yeah. Whereas, by contrast, what they've done here... On the film we're going to talk about today, Pete's Dragon, is they've taken a film that, I mean, to be kind to it, I would say, maybe all of ten people in the world give a toss about it one way or the other. (laughs) I think a lot more than that remember it. Yes. Remember that it's a film. That it exists. That it exists. I think this has a much bigger cultural footprint in terms of, oh yes, I'm aware that existed, than it does in terms of anyone having watched it. And certainly in terms of people being like, I love... Pete's Dragon. And, and quote from it. And yeah. yeah. Like what even happens or in... Or could be- sing you any of the songs. I could have... Before we got here, I could have gone, I'll be your candle on the water. <laughs> and that's as far as I could have got. That, yeah. that would have been all I could tell you about Pete's Dragon. Yeah. And I probably... Uh, why do I even know that? Probably because the one Disney sing-along songs video that I owned... <laughs> had an advert for sing-along songs Candle on the Water yeah. on it. Probably that... the least purchased in the yeah, entire life. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, all I knew about Pete's Dragon before before this episode of this podcast yes. was that if you'd have showed me a picture of the dragon, I'd have gone, oh, is that the one out of Pete's Dragon? Yeah. That's it. And even, like, same, and even then... To be honest, watching Pete's Dragon this time, I think is going to be the first experience of my life that will stop me from mentally confusing Pete's Dragon and the Reluctant The Reluctant Dragon, Dragon. yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean there. So we watched both. Um, We started off by just watching the new one, because it didn't really occur to us initially that we needed to see the original. And then, just out of interest, we we did watch the original. So we're kind of going to talk about both today. Because, hey, you listening at home... You haven't seen Pete's Dragon, and don't worry, it's fine. 
we're, you don't need we're going to pretend to, you've seen Peter's no, Dragon. No, we, we're not going to. Yeah. And we're, we're not going to assume you have. Because we're going to assume you haven't. Yes. Because we hadn't. No. And, and we're we, like Disney people exactly. who... I was very susceptible to marketing. Yes. I watched nearly everything that was advertised to me at the beginning of those VHS tapes. Yeah. This never occurred to me to watch Pete's Dragon. No. And it never and <laughs> and it never occurred to any of our parents slash no. other family members who were feeding us this Disney material. Good point. To make us to sit us down and say, Oh yeah, Pete's Dragon, you'll love that. You'll like or, that one. We or, remember that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's one of the important ones that you no, need to see. Exactly. No one is thinking they, that. No, and they tried I think in the eighties there was a period where Disney just because they didn't have that much stuff going on at the time, tried to position Pete's Dragon as significant and part of the canon, and then they just stopped bothering. Yeah. Like I don't remember that ever happening. So. I can I, I can tell you that just in just idly, just in my life, I've seen more of Song of the South than Pete's Dragon. I think the yeah. film they actively have tried <laughs> to suppress. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. They tried to bury this material, and that. And, and I'm just talking about casually, just zippity doo dah. I know, the, yeah. It's cultural footprint. There's, there was more of that film around than there was of Pete's Dragon. Yeah. Which is weird. It is weird. But everything about the Pete's Dragon franchise at this stage <laughs> yeah. is weird. Yeah, honestly. In some that, way. It's, and that's why it's so interesting. That's yeah. why. Here, oh, yeah. So, in contrast to Beauty and the Beast, here we have a film that nobody cared about. Yeah. Which they make no pretense at being faithful to or honouring in any in any way. way other no. than the basic honour of acknowledging its existence by remaking it. By, yeah, by calling this new film Pete's Dragon and yeah. putting a dragon and a Pete in it. <laughs> that's basically. I mean. There's a bit more than that. There's a bit more than that, but only a bit. Yeah. And if you compare that to the film that came directly after this in the remake cycle, it couldn't be any further apart. Exactly. And it makes you wonder, was that deliberate? Were they positioning these two films next to each other to go like, which of these approaches do you want, audience? Yeah. Or were they were they getting this out the door so that they could start a new direction? Because I think all of this has been leading up to The Lion King. Honestly, yes. like now that I've seen, when, after I saw the Jungle Book, and it was like, oh, this is just an audition. Well, not an audition, but like, yeah. Not only was he auditioning to direct the film, yeah, but the film was auditioning to to exist. Almost, yeah, to for have the, the right to, exist. to yeah. do Lion King sooner rather than later. Well, do you like this? Because we'll do Lion King like this if you do. Yeah. And then Beauty and the Beast might have been, do you like us directly copying the film that we've done before? Yeah. Or should we go in a different direction? Yeah. I don't know if that was what this one-two punch of Pete's Dragon and then Beauty and the Beast, yeah. two completely different things, was about or not. Although, actually, I ought to amend that. I think in my, my brief little bit of research that I've done, I think actually Jungle Book and this were the ones that were brought out quickly in succession. Yeah, I mean, they came out in the same year. Yeah. yeah but... but Pete's Dragon was a sort of later half of 2016 release, and Beauty and the Beast was like an early 2017 right. release. So, you know, well, and th- that's where we are now. They're all coming out so fast. Yeah. Do you realize we're getting three more before summer? Before summer. Apparently, before August, we get Lion King, Aladdin, and Dumbo. Really? I mean, that's what I saw someone say. Yeah. Whether they were right or not, I don't know. Okay. If they were wrong, and I'll edit li- it out of this. <laughs> <laughs> and we've literally just had Christopher Robin. Which, oh yeah, I keep forgetting Christopher Robin. Yes. I I, I also totally forgot well, let's Christopher do it. Robin. Let's you and I watch it and do yeah, it for because, this. Because, as I was saying before this podcast, I so forgot Christopher Robin <laughs> that I just forgot that it was out, yep. that I should have an interest in seeing yep. it. 
and to see it. So yeah. I didn't. No. And, and that's and, not and a real slide Jahan watches it. nearly every film that ever comes out. He's got one of those tickets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you still got that? I do, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's weird for me to not go and see the big film that was out that's something to do with something you're Especially doing. Especially yeah. that's tangentially related to something I'm interested in. I mean, I saw the Emoji movie. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Hey, Pete's Dragon. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. I'm sorry. It was really odd and it changed the atmosphere in the room in a strange way. It did, yeah. I kind of felt the air disappear out of hey, the hey, room. Hey, 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 shh, shh. Pete's dragon. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I uh, I just booped his nose. You didn't... What? <laughs> oh, you're worried that they'll believe I booped yeah, your nose. Yeah, I know. I, they, they have no reason to no. think that you didn't. No. So... It's alright if they think I did. Look, guys, this is the magic <laughs> of radio. You you guys can paint any picture you want yeah. in your head of what's going what on. What I booped. Yeah, what you booped, what we're wearing, what yeah. we look like. Yeah. Unless well, you specifically no, know what we look The Avatar. And you uh, you actually host videos, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Okay, well, you don't know exactly what I look like unless you specifically know what yeah. I look like. So, there's that element Exciting, of Exciting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Isn't it just? I'm like the Stig. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I'm um, sick of you, and I don't want you in my house. <laughs> Pete's Dragon. Yeah. So was this then the first time either of us had watched the seventies Pete's Dragon? Yes, it at all. Absolutely was ever. Yeah, well, unless I've forgotten that I happened to see it when I was a kid, but there yeah. was no glimmer of recognition. No, nothing. And that was what surprised me, honestly, while yeah. I was watching it. It was like I would have thought that. It's Disney, mm. the, the battering rams of culture, yeah. you know, like people who make you feel as though everything that they've ever done is an essential part yeah. of like the cultural fabric of the world you live in, exactly. regardless of whether you watched the films that were made, regardless of those, whether those films were even any good or not. I didn't cough, see... Cough, 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 Cinderella, cough, <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> I didn't see a Herbie film until about five years ago. I've still never seen a Herbie right, film. Right, but, but you know exactly what it is. Yeah, I do. And literally nothing out Pete's Dragon rung any bells other than, no. oh, I know the visual appearance of that cartoon dragon. Yeah. But I knew none of the songs. I recognised none of the cast members. I recognised none of the characters. Like, Honestly, I mean, it came as a surprise there were songs. I mean, I knew there was one song because I could have sung well, the first line of it. Yeah. But that was it. No, I'd heard it was a musical, but right. I didn't really know what that meant. Yeah. Um, and I was imagining it as a kind of mawkish... Like, almost like the equivalent of a film about a boy who's got a dog. Like, yeah. And, and, and that's all I thought it, that it was going to be. And that's why I never watched it. And, yeah. and frankly, I think I would have quite enjoyed it as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Albeit that it is... It's a draggy film. Yes. Pete's, Pete's Dragon. Oh, hey, hey! <laughs> <laughs> I need to get myself a little hoochie horn thing. Yeah, you can... You, again, add that in in post. Yes. Add it in now. Um. What the hell was I saying? <laughs> oh yeah, the film is not well paced and it's slow and it's full of kind of like indulgence in the kind of thing that I think passed for children's entertainment yeah. in the 1970s yeah. and maybe only in the 1970s. Yeah, it's the, it's the kind of film that like when they set out to make it, they had a chance at hitting Mary Poppins' Bedknobs and Broomsticks height. Clearly what they were aiming Because for. that's what they were aiming for. That was a type of film they'd come round to making where yeah. you've got animated stuff imposed over real world stuff and everyone in it is essentially a performer yeah. doing performing. And they didn't. And it just came out as like... Uh, the, the one that I always go to when we're talking about that sort of live-action Disney film from the past is Blackbeard's Ghost. Uh, a film that 
nobody has seen. No, I don't. Have even you ever know heard that. of it? No, no, exactly. And that's why I bring it up because it's one that I, by chance, have heard of. Yeah, have never seen and owned the novelization of oh, okay, when I was right. a kid because yeah. I think I think I th- it was on clearance at the library and my mum picked it up for 1p or something this is not because you are a Blackbeard's Ghost super fan no I've never seen it but it's <laughs> but Blackbeard's Ghost is played by Peter Ustinov so I feel oh, like really? I would quite enjoy it yeah okay yeah but no one's heard of it and that Pete's Dragon is almost on that level except yeah. that they did advertise it at the start of Disney videos because they had to flog it somehow yeah I guess they were never going to, like, totally bury something that has a very prominent piece of Disney animation in it. It's got a lot of, um, pr- presumably, money sunk into it. Yeah. Because, because of the animation, but because of all of the, you know, pre-Roger Rabbit ways of getting that animation to... To, to interact with the... Interact yeah. with the word, thank you, with yes. the real world. And and just the fact that, like, the sets are... If that's a set, that town, it's enormous. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. And not, they've not got, quite Popeye scale, but not quite. But like before Popeye, it was it was close. Yeah, yeah. And then unless it's just a town, unless it's a real town. But yeah. if it is, it's a, a very nice looking Disney sort of a town. Yeah, which they seem, you know, which they really make use of yeah. as a location. Mickey Rooney must have. Yeah, that, that's his name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There must be a price tag on him. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, his value seems to fluctuate. <laughs> oh, you know, like, I think it's like kind of a, a, a sine wave, basically. So I don't know <laughs> whether it? they got him on like an upswing right. or a downswing. Oh, right. Um, I haven't followed the man's career. I don't. Know. I would have to research that to. Yes. And we're not going to. No. At this stage, Heavens we're not no. going to. If he shows up again, sure. I mean, like he's dead. No, I don't mean like <laughs> if he turns up now at the door. I mean in another film we do. Right, I see. Yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> but yeah. Look, if he shows up again, <laughs> I'm going to find out everything about it. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people will be doing if a lot Mickey of... Mickey Rooney rolls the stone away <laughs> and shows himself. <laughs> then yeah, the thirst for Mickey Rooney knowledge is gonna suddenly shoot through the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should put some like money on on that. That like maybe we should get we should get stock in Mickey Rooney information businesses. <laughs> if Mickey Rooney information brokers yeah. incorporated, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And let's and we'll find all the rival Mickey Rooney information <laughs> brokers and we'll secretly invest in all of them. Okay. Right. Well, again. <laughs> Something for after the podcast. Yeah. For now, in broad terms then, what did you think of the old film? Um, well, I mean, I've been through a lot of it. I th- Well, no, I'll tell there's one thing I've been holding back on. Yeah. I didn't like the dragon. Yeah, I remember you saying this, and I watched the film yeah. fully expecting the dragon to be crap, yeah. and... I just found it a perfectly innocuous, likeable cartoon dragon. Good, I'm glad. Then you responded correctly. To me, it felt like a knockoff. Like, it felt like someone copying Milk Carl. Uh, do I mean Milk Carl? This dragon had a lot of the um, d- design and even, I would say, char- uh, mannerisms yeah. of uh, Tigger. Yeah. Which was uh, animated at roughly the same time. I think it was within a couple of years, or yeah. maybe the same year as this film. Incorrect! I looked it up, and there is a good reason why I thought the Winnie the Pooh cartoons came out in the 70s. That is because it was in the 70s that they were put together into the film The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. But the actual episode, because that film is made out of shorts, and it's very rare to see it in that in that format, which I think is a shame, because that's what I originally had it on video in, taped off the telly, that's my version, can't get that anymore. I've never seen that on DVD. But, um, yeah, those were, like, ten years before that. They were 60s. So, there you go. So, actually, it was a while ago. There we go. Back to the conversation. 
by, I think, Milt Carl, certainly one of the yeah. nine old geniuses still left over from Disney's day who were, who were working there, plugging away, using their craft to try and keep afloat the ship that was the sinking Disney at the time, yeah. post-Disney's death, post-Walt. Yeah. And as I was watching this dragon, it seemed to me to have, like, it looked like fan art to me. It had all of those yeah. characteristics of a good Disney animator's character, but it also had this... The movements didn't quite fit together in the same way that Tigger does. Yeah. And it, it wasn't genius animation like even Tigger was. Yeah. And I've I've found out why. It's our old friend Mr. Bluth. I um, noticed that he was the lead. Yeah. You know, he was... A, a man who, to, to the listener who at this point is suddenly angry with me, I'm afraid I'm not a fan of Don Bluth. But I recognise and I agree with and appreciate his vision, which was... Yeah. He, what he wanted to do, I think, was to take Western animation or Disney animation and do with it something that we didn't have a name for at the time, but we do now, and it's Ghibli. Yeah. Uh, he, he wanted to do something like that. And he succeeded a few times. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But in all of his... In everything he's touched, there is this thing I don't like, which, um, you know, I'm, I didn't realise that this was him, but now I realise I'm like, oh, there, it was because of that thing I don't like, which is the, the, the instinct to try and make everything cuddly and cute by having it shrug and be demure and hiccup and things and yeah i've yeah. never enjoyed that it always comes across to me like it feels to me like trying to hold a conversation with an old man who's role-playing as a baby girl <laughs> that's the feeling i get off don bluth honestly <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> awful <laughs> But honestly, and so here's this dragon going like, and I'm going like, get off, <laughs> or be animated better. But it, yeah. you know, if it was if it was up to the to the level of a Tigger or something yeah. like that, I, I'd be fine. It was just because it was slightly subpar. However, yeah, maybe that was partly because you know, I'm used to a more sophisticated blending of animation and live action. Perhaps I think. I'm sure I did a little bit of research around this. Yeah. Not much. I didn't retain very much of it, but I seem to remember seeing that it might have been the first film that Disney did that didn't involve any of the nine old men. Ah. And in that light, I mean, hey. maybe you can view it as an apprenticeship film in yeah. that sense, because Bluth's on there, but I also saw in the credits people like Glenn Keane. Yeah, oh yeah, they're uh, all there, yeah. Ron Clements. Yeah. So it's like, Maybe this is just the new generation who we now know. We when, know them at their height. Yeah, we know, and yeah. we know that they went on to be good. Yeah. This is that first sketch of theirs on DeviantArt yeah. or whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, so fine. And so. we, you know, they all have to start somewhere. And yeah. Why wouldn't they start on a lesser project, yeah. kind of aping the work of, you know, yeah, their, their yeah. respected seniors? Yeah. Taken in that Who light, presumably were over their shoulder going like, do this, do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Taken in that light, I think it's a, a perfectly acceptable design and piece of animation. It is, it is. So I don't, I, I was, I, maybe I'm a bit harsh on it, but uh, but also I found the bits he was in to, yeah. to drag in that Aristocatsy sort of way where this is still on. Like yeah. a, a, anything that could have been done in a, in a quick gesture was done in a five minute sketch. Like yeah. that thing where we had to go through every combination of body parts that can be visible or invisible which was yeah that was like a one joke and they did it 10 times before we were allowed to even move the camera yeah but to be fair the idea of watching pete's dragon and feeling is this bit still happening <laughs> is not restricted to the animation no and although frankly i found it more tolerable with the animation right i was the other way around i watched uh, basically by editing out the dragon bits in my head as i watched it by kind of putting them in a separate box and going like oh these bits don't matter 
I really enjoyed Pete's Dragon. I thought huh. that the non-dragon-based bits were perfectly entertaining, like, knockabout time. Um, you know, not on a Mary Poppins level. It's more yeah. an Apple Dumpling gang. But I can enjoy one of them <laughs> from time to time. That's another one like uh, yeah, yeah, Blackbeard's yeah. Ghost. It's, you know... That's what Pete's Dragon is. It's just some people who are alive then <laughs> doing their craft on screen in a way that doesn't matter. And that can be fun. I mean, yeah, I do prefer that they cast people who were alive then. Yeah. Like, yeah. the alternative would have probably made a worse film. I know, yeah. Like, I the, mean, the film would have dragged a lot more. I know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know why they didn't wait a few years to, for Mickey Rooney to, <laughs> to make the remake. But, <laughs> yeah, but they insist on casting people who are alive. <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't feel like all of the film is alive. There no. are a lot of bits that die. Yeah, I don't feel particularly defensive of it, so you you rip into it, but I enjoyed it. Look, hey, I don't want to rip into it either. I basically... Well, I'll rip into the dragon, you can rip into the live action. <laughs> okay, my issue with the live action was yep. there were so many times where I had to catch myself giving it a break thinking like, well, I bet this would have worked really well on stage. Wait, this isn't from the stage. Yeah, okay, yeah. Everyone... <laughs> I recognise that feeling. Yeah, and like, everybody in it feels like they're in a panto. It does. That's what I liked. So we're clearly coming at it from slightly different angles, but but I completely recognise what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that was why I said a minute ago that performers performing it, yeah. you, that's, you've, you've hit it. It yeah. feels like it's a... It feels like a variety show yeah. that, that this is the movie adaptation of in the yeah. way that yeah in the way that a movie musical came from the stage often in those days yeah but this one but it, this one wouldn't have had a story they just came up with something to stitch together sketches yeah and it felt like it, the, the the thing that it reminded me most of was like the um, the adaptation they made of the musical version of the producers right now I haven't seen it but I, I know bits about it it was like we all know the producers classic yeah. movie made into a very good knockabout stage musical then readapted into a musical adaptation of the stage musical by all of the same creative teams Mm. Same cast, same director, same everything. And it is so stagey. Right. It's like, it's basically like they filmed a production, but on sets. And, and with no audience applauding. And with no audience. Yeah. And they're all playing to a Rose Ed that isn't there. Yeah. They're doing little visual bits of business and stuff like that that doesn't look right. I'm definitely film. going to see this now because I'm, yeah. I'm very interested in the ways people film stage shows and, and, yeah. and the weird variety of ways because nobody's come up with a proper one yet. It, it is interesting <laughs> from that perspective. Yeah. But it's not a good film. No. But you give that one a break because it's like, yeah, but this is these are the stage people. Yeah. Asked maybe misguidedly to make a film when that's not actually what their area of expertise is. Yeah. What's Pete's Dragon's excuse? So much of it is staged, acted, you know, everything. Like it's a kid's play. Yeah. And honestly, honestly, I think it must be deliberate. I think there must have been a trend yeah. going on at the time that they were responding to because it can't be accidental because no. look at it. No, it's clearly not because everybody is doing it. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of other films that, that did it and I'm drawing a blank, you know? Not to this degree. No. And it just... Like, uh, um, as I think of Pete's Dragon, which I didn't have time to rewatch the old one yesterday, but I yeah. watched it a few weeks ago, so yeah, yeah. I didn't really need to. But when I think of Pete's Dragon, I picture the original, I picture the lady almost like running down a road with her arms open with a crowd of children coming behind her doing a song. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of moments like that. It's all like that. Mm. Um, which is a bit... It's a little bit sound of music-y, but... Yeah. 
But Sound of Music is more of a less film. Less successfully, yeah. Yeah, like, Sound of Music is definitely a film. Yeah. You're not watching Sound of Music thinking that it's in the wrong medium. Yeah. You know, by, by any stretch of the imagination. Whereas this, I kind of constantly was. And it means that the performances are quite grating yeah. a lot of the time. The kid's very wooden, as, yeah. as Disney kids yeah. of that era were. I don't blame him, no. per se. Uh, but but honestly, that woodenness is kind of it's kind of all over the place. Nobody in it feels like a particularly convincing person. But maybe that's not the point. But maybe it should have been the point. With that said, I didn't dislike it. Yeah, I thought it was at best okay, and it is way too long. Well, and are you aware that it's a cut down version? Really? Did, at any time when you were watching it, the woman go up to the top of her lighthouse and sing Candle on the Water? Yes. She did? Yeah. I need to see your version then. Right. Because I've just seen the, like, released version. I don't know. Oh. I tried to find the one you found and I failed. Oh, okay. Um, because there are multiple cuts, the most seen one of which does not have that moment. Oh, okay. Which struck me as really weird. Yeah. Um, it just has it on over the credits at the start. So wait, what does she do in the version you watched? Th th there isn't a scene there, I guess. Like, what, does she not sing Candle on the Wall? No. No? No. Oh, right. It, and, that, and that is the most, like, ubiquitous cut. Um, because, oh, okay. Because it was too long. Now, the one you'll have watched... Still isn't as long as as first aired in cinemas. I don't think we have that one anymore. Okay. And then it got cut down for like a re-release or a roadshow release or something ah. like that. No, the roadshows were the long ones. Well, anyway, it got cut down for some other release, and then it comes out on video cut down again. And there are there are two different versions of it. And I yeah I, I couldn't track down your one, so oh, okay. I'll, I'll have to. I will pass it on yeah. to you because yeah, like I didn't know that there were multiple versions of it. And it seems like I watched the, this might the fullest one. Explain our difference in attitudes towards yeah. the film because yes, I agree that it was the version I watched was long in places, but yours was longer. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like the scene that I remember feeling like, wow, this is long. I don't know how it. Let's find the out. other one is the musical sequence where Mickey Rooney is going around the bar saying a dragon, a dragon, I saw a dragon. Because mm. in the version I watched, like, that just goes on through so many phases. Right. It's like there's the part where he's running around talking about the dragon. Then the lady comes in. Then she's going she around. She joins in the song there. She's yeah. joining in the song. Then there's a bit where everybody's filling up their beer glasses. Mm. Then there's a part where the lady is, like, running on top of a barrel and dancing on top of a barrel. See, I recognise all these bits, but it could well be cut down, because yeah. this could be a Portobello Road situation where there is two distinctly yeah, different lengths versions on. I felt like the version I watched lasted uh, at least half an hour. Oh, I, I didn't feel that. So, so I mean, maybe it that's was That's a massive different. exaggeration, but it did no, feel obviously. like six, seven minutes. Yeah. And that's too much for that. Yeah. I understood why most of the bits were in the film. Yes. But all of the bits felt like 20 to 50% longer than they needed to be. I wonder if... Because this is what happened with Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Exactly yeah. the same thing. Yeah. They thought they were making a roadshow style like... Maybe that's what it was. Because the roadshows were still a thing at that point, and And they were perhaps trying to make cinema experiences that were a bit more like theatre experiences. That's possible. And then when that it didn't pan out and nobody really liked it, they went, oh, quick, make it a film. And then they would edit them down. And yeah. for Benobs, that worked. Sort yeah. of. I mean, I don't think that was ever particularly popular at the time. It's just been a, a, a video thing. Yeah. But, yeah, Pete's Dragon never really quite Clicks. hit its stride at any No, at any no. And it's kind of shaggy and likeable in a way. Everyone involved with it is clearly like, you know, they're earnest. Mm. They're, they're, they're kind of like putting a lot of like 
welly into it. That's what I appreciated. Yeah. That I, I really... I, I just really enjoyed that. It got me feeling nostalgic, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like for I, films of that sort. I feel like, in particular, Jim Dale as yeah. Dr. Terminus. I think he would <laughs> yeah. have been remembered a lot better as a Disney character if everyone else in the film hadn't been doing that same sort of thing. Yeah. Like, if he'd been the most over-the-top thing in the film, yeah. I think he would have been more entertaining. Like I said, it's basically fine. It's wholesome, yeah. old-style entertainment, albeit yeah. with a weird, extreme violent undertones at times. Remind me. Like, some of the song lyrics I found quite disturbing. Remind me further. <laughs> like, the, the opening song about where the hillbillies are singing about, like, you know, it's like the kind of the, the, the two-faced song about, like, oh, you know, saying to Pete... Did it? Was this even English? I don't version? think I had this song. Really? Like no. the, the film. Op- to me, to me, the film opened on the credits. Yeah. Panning over the town, candle on the water being sung. Okay. Then it cut to just it was just Pete and his dragon having a lovely time. No, that's not how this film starts. Right. It's, tell me more. It starts with the hillbilly family. Right. Like looking through the woods for Pete. Oh. And singing a song about it. Oh. And like. Oh, this, gotta watch this. The mother's like seeing like, oh, come back, come back to the greatest home in the old west or whatever the hell it yeah. is. But like, then they're also singing an undertone. And when we find you, we're gonna do all this bad stuff. Because to you. listener, who I'm not assuming has watched this film, in the original Pete's Dragon, rather than just being like a, a lost boy living alone in the forest with a dragon, like in the new one, he is the property of a family of grotesque hillbilly of, caricatures, I mean, swamp hillbillies. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the PC term for Swamp Hillbillies is. I'm not sure there is one. <laughs> Which is weird, isn't it? He's a yeah. sort of slave. Yeah, he... Oh, definitely slave. Yeah. Like there's... It's just that it's a loaded word, so I feel as if there must be a, another word for this. But, but they use the word slave in the film. They? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's weird, isn't it? To start there. Yeah, they... But, like, they're looking for him, and they're singing this song, and then, like, the dragon basically kind of attacks them and trips them up and makes them fall in mud while Oh, you see, no, that is in the version of the film I saw, but okay. I just don't think there was a song. Yeah, no, there's Unless a... there was, and it was so forgettable. I... This is the point where they're all going like, we've got a contract to each other, and then they No, that's in the middle the of the film. To each other, though? Oh, is it? All right. Yeah, yeah, that's in the middle of the film. Like, no, there's a bit at the beginning of the film where right. a similar thing happens. And they're singing this song about, like I said, it's like, oh, come home, come home, we love you. And when you get back, we're going to do all this stuff to you. And the stuff that they say they're going to do to him <laughs> is genuinely horrible. Right. Like holding him upside down in a river and drowning him or like tying him screaming to railroad tracks <laughs> and stuff like this. I find this compelling, though. I can see why they wanted to put this, like to open the film with this, because it really sets the stakes. You know, these, yeah. are, these are clearly, you know, not nice people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. because I think they were less less squeamish about making their wicked stepmother characters yeah. really, really horrible in those days. But, I mean, I was struck by that. Yeah, I, I was, imagine. I was also struck by the visceral nature of the Every Little Piece song. Was that in your version? Remind me. The song where Dr. Terminus is singing about how he's going to ch- chop, oh, yeah, no, that was it. chop yeah. the dragon up yeah, and yeah. sell all the pieces. Yeah, that was Yeah, that was a bit over the top. It's yeah. quite graphic. Yeah. And then there's one little bit where it's like... <laughs> you wag your finger at me. <laughs> Sonny Jim. Where... Um, <laughs> It's a scene where, like, Dr. Terminus is treating a patient yeah. and then gets called away for, like, you know, because his assistant... He's doing some dental work on Yeah, him. 
And he just says, keep your, keep your foot on the pedal and it yeah. won't rip your jaw off or you something. You can't be. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I am sure that's a trap from one of the Saw movies. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sure that was actually in one of the Saw movies as like one of the horror death traps. Yeah. And he just leaves this guy screaming <laughs> in this, going, <laughs> Yeah. Like, uh, re- you know, with his foot on a pedal, otherwise he's lit. His literal jaw is going to be ripped off. And yeah. we never see that character again. You know, I don't want to be mean to Jim Dale, but I don't think he was right for that part. Because despite him being a sort of pantomime dame type character, yeah. his voice is a bit too gentle yeah. for that level of evil. Yeah, I know he what has you mean. A, he has a register somewhere around there. Yeah, he... I don't know if that makes it creepier or not creepy enough. I think unconvincingly creepy is yeah. what we're what Did we're you... Now, I still enjoyed him, but... Yeah, yeah. same... Did you, did you have this problem that I had, which is, I mean, this maybe isn't even fair to bring up, but it could have been my speakers or something, but the sound wasn't quite dubbed properly in bits, I found. Yeah. Like, the dragon song when Mickey Rooney is singing about him in the pub, it goes to a very unconvincing, he's basically miming badly to the yeah, song. Yeah, But I would have thought he'd be a dab hand at that. Yeah, I'm sure it's him singing it. But oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it is. It's his voice, but it'll be a, you know, they'll have recorded it earlier and it'll be Yeah, miming. yeah, and it sounds terrible. The transition sounds awful. Yeah. Yeah. Now, hey, maybe that is an artifact of them cleaning up the soundtrack, but only because this has been done loads of times where they they clean up the film's soundtrack as best they can, but the spoken soundtrack was on a different master tape to the music, so yeah. so they haven't been able to blend it together, whereas maybe originally it was mixed a bit better. Yeah. But I found some of... I, I, my, my, when I think about Jim Dale in this film, I, I sort of think of him as dodgily dubbed, even though... <laughs> You know, I don't, you know, there's yeah. no reason for that to be the case. What accent was he doing this? Film? Oh, I can't remember. Like, because he's British. Yes, and I feel like he was British in large swathes of this film. Well, yes, but I enjoyed his performance. Yes, I did enjoy yes. his performance and his weird costume. I mean, I and... I love Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. And yeah, that's yeah. You know, famously, although I've been thinking about this recently, everyone makes fun. Of his accent, right? Yeah. But no one talks about Oh, happiness is blooming all around air. Wait, what was that from? I think it's three ducks in the middle of Jolly Holiday, or three swans, or geese, or something like that. And they're just as bad as he is, but but everyone blames him. Yeah, but like, he's one of the main characters. Yeah. They they are three ducks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, alright. I just don't think he deserves. I think it's. What I'm trying to say is that it's not. It's not Dick Van Dyke, but America that deserves our <laughs> ire and blame. <laughs> That's a tangent. Oh, is it? Sorry. The problems with America <laughs> okay. are beyond Let's the scope of the Disney podcast. <laughs> I feel that's beyond the scope of this podcast, yeah. ostensibly about the 2016 film Pete's Dragon, which <laughs> I believe we've not actually mentioned. We haven't yet. got around to yet. So, let's mention it. Okay. Let's now mention. The remake of Pete's Dragon. Okay. Like, so... This is a weird remake. Yeah. And I'll tell, like, immediately, straight off the bat, I will tell you what I really like about this remake, conceptually, Mm -hmm. in that it is the rare remake that has somewhere to go. It's not a remake of a classic. Mm. It's a remake of a film that wasn't very good. Exactly, exactly. That's what you should do with remakes. Mm. 
have another bite of yeah. an idea you didn't get right the first time. Yeah, the, yeah, it's it's more like a real remake in that sense. Yeah, exactly. It's it, a redo. Or, or rather, what we used to think of as remake. Yeah. Back when the Psycho remake was a weird abnormality, but yeah. now it's sort of edging towards the yeah, norm. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> That's it. It's like you do a remake when you really feel like you got something to add. Yeah. When you feel like, yeah, that th- there's something that you need to bring up to date. Or like I say, literally just improve. Yeah. That you've... You're kind of remaking it not because... I mean, obviously you remake anything because you have some degree of fondness for a part of the original. But the process behind remaking it, it's driven more by seeing something missing. Yeah. Or seeing something wrong with the original. Rather than, like, we love the original so much that we're just going to do it again. This is why I compared it to Beauty and the Beast, because that... It feels as if the the urge that led them to remake Beauty and the Beast the way they did haven't seen it yet. I'm saving it until you know close to the time we do the episode. Yeah, but it feels like that urge in a previous age would have been resolved by like doing another screening of the like releasing it to cinemas again. Yeah, um, which they did do with Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, but but instead now it's like no, we have to make it again. Yeah, which is an odd impulse. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. With here with Pete's Dragon, we've got a conceptual ground up remake yeah rebuild remake of yeah. the concept because no. it's not for, for example Dumbo is based on a book that's it there's so no you, this, there is the, the point stands there's no source material exactly they're, yeah. they're doing another take on this really yeah. is just like we have this film let's make it again yeah and that's that is interesting isn't it yeah it is what's more interesting here is that it do you know much about this director? Not not beyond what I looked up today, which yeah. is that he appears to be uh, the sort of person who would never really be found yeah. on a big Hollywood project. Right? He is... And he's not just a director. He's a writer, editor, actor, everything. Yeah, he's an actual independent mm. filmmaker yeah. who like does festival movies, yeah. basically. David Lowry is his name. He previously did a film a few years ago called Ain't Them Bodies Saints with Casey Affleck, uh, which was, you know, again, one of those, like, little festival darling kind of movies. Then after this, he did that ghost story film where Casey Affleck, again, is literally playing a ghost in the style of a person with a sheet over themselves. Oh, cool. Uh, But it's like like a really kind of, like, profound meditation on kind of, like, time elapsing after death and loss and so forth. Oh, great. And then he recently did another film with Robert Redford, who's also in Pete's Dragon, called The Old Man and the Gun, and that's, like, Robert Redford's last movie. Basically, Robert Redford says that he's retiring from acting Mm. after this. And he clearly trusted this guy enough to... I'm going to make my last movie with you. So it's like, like I said, this is an artistically credible person who is not the kind of, you know, this isn't someone who you, this isn't Brett Ratner, you know what I mean? You've not, this isn't someone who's just like, the shareholders demand that we have a Pete's Dragon remake out by (laughs) Q3 2016 and you're the guy who can get in on budget Blah 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 blah. No, they. This doesn't feel like it's motivated by that, no. by a, a top-down, commercially driven desire to just have a Pete's Dragon remake out there in the open. It yeah. kind of feels like it was a property they had kicking around, mm-hmm. and they asked this guy, this actual filmmaker, "What do you reckon? Do you have an idea at Pete's Dragon?" He was like, "Yeah, all right." Yeah, which suggests that they had and perhaps still have a very wide definition of what this series is. Yeah. The, it, I mean, it's not a series, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, here, here is an, an almost art house remake of something nobody really cares about. Yeah. 
next to Be Beauty and the Beast. And maybe Beauty and the Beast was, like, such a guaranteed thing yeah. that they could do something like this. Yeah, and, like, I mean, look, you know, we say that the direction has changed, but, you know, we, we are getting a very idiosyncratic version of Dumbo yeah, coming up. exactly. For good or ill, we don't yeah. know yet, but, like... I have that, a suspicion. We have a suspicion. <laughs> we... <laughs> For, for more evidence of, <laughs> behind our suspicion, see our previous episode on Alice in Wonderland. But you can't look at the trailer for the Dumbo remake and say, oh yeah, that's another remake in the yeah, same vein. Yeah, faithful remake like Beauty and the Beast. Or yeah. The Lion King looks yeah. like it might be. Yeah. Like... And we and honestly, at this point, we just all suspect that The Lion King will be a Beauty and the Beast style faithful one. But it's Jungle Book, wasn't Yeah, so exactly, maybe yeah. they've maybe they've deliberately gone, like, make enough scenes that we can cut it together into a trailer to look it like it's going to be really And then faithful. we really pull the rug when you actually yeah. get in the cinema. Yeah. I'm hoping for that. But still, though, I still don't think it's going to be as big a shock to the system from a faithful adaptation point of view as Pete's Dragon is. No. Because... And here's one of the shocks about it. Yeah. If you had a film and you had free reign and you were an art housey filmmaker yeah. and it was something that you know you weren't going to be you, you, it wouldn't be career suicide to ruin it yeah. and you could do anything you want and what he's chosen to do is something really gentle and small yeah, yeah. you'd think that you would use that opportunity to go buck wild and, and yeah. make something really weird well I think th this is a film that suits the sensibilities of that director because I think he's generally known for doing these gentle homespun kind of like you know small communities ex reacting in their gentle way to slightly extraordinary things yeah. going on. You know, he's not someone who's going to go gonzo bananas and, like, just do... He's not going to make the fifth element, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, no yeah. matter how many opportunities yeah. or, you know, like, amounts of money you give this guy, he's just not... He, he seems to enjoy the folksy and he seems to enjoy the, the the small so now that we've come to there um i'm going to tell you about my experience with this film because yeah. it took me a couple of goes yeah the first time i watched it i didn't i just thought it was kind of boring i thought it was mm. just this sort of um oh i can totally see why you, anyone would yeah yeah because what i saw was a a functional film that it felt almost as if they'd taken a template for like here's a structure of a film yeah. template and they'd put in it you know in the spaces there's a boy and a dragon a family finds the boy someone wants the dragon for their own nefarious ends. Yeah. Ends, yeah they come together as a family and then forgot to put anything else yeah, yeah that's yeah. like and here's why that's interesting yeah um, and as i was watching it the script felt sort of trite and ordinary just yeah. they seem to be saying things by rote and I just, I only made it about halfway through. Yeah. So then I went like, okay, well, I'm going to give this another shot. And I, and I watched it again and I did get all the way through. And again, I was bored and I was kind of going yeah. like, yeah, okay. So it's just, it's just this like a really standard film. Like it, like something you would never even see at the cinema, like yeah, a TV yeah, yeah. film, which um, of the, of the sort that I thought the yeah, original yeah. Pete's Dragon was going to be. Something that, again, and I haven't seen these, but that I imagine The Waltons was or yeah, Little yeah. House on the Prairie, that sort of thing. Just like gentle people existing and, and me going... So why am I watching yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then I watched the original film. Yeah. And I went through my process of going like, I enjoy this if I edit out the parts with the dragon in my head. Yeah. And this last time I watched the new film again. Yeah. And I I, I watched around the dragon. Yeah. And I got it suddenly. I yeah. finally got that what was what this film is has got nothing to do with a dragon. It's no, not it's, really. All it is is it's and I say all it is and I don't mean that in a disparaging way. It is a small film where you've got a family living in a, in a lovely place yeah. 
who are happy, pretty much, yeah. but they've got a couple of things they could work on. Yeah. And one of them is that the, the, the dad and the daughter, they don't, it's not that they've ever really fallen out, yeah. but there's just one issue that for him is a big space between him and his daughter that he wishes he could share with her and he can't. Yeah. And they sort that out. And they, you know, they find this kid and he joins the family and they and they sort that out. And there's yeah. the two brothers who are not enemies, but they're a bit at odds and they sort that out. Yeah. You, you have to sort of assume that they come closer in, in other ways yeah, yeah. than just that one issue. And that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And so what, at first I was going like, is that all it is? Yeah. Now I'm going like, oh, that's all it is. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like, it's, it's just a safe film for yeah. families. And there are so few of those because... Yeah. Because like, what passes for a family film now... Involves punching and mewling quim and stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, those are different. Yeah. Those are not quite family, though. I mean, no, like, but there's so but, few things that are. That's yeah, kind yeah. Of what that, I'm that's thinking. type of that type of family. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Get, films go from like preschool to to that. Yeah. And here's something that's just safe. Yeah. Well, though, yeah, that's it. This is not a four-quadrant film, so to speak. Back in the day, that was like, oh, if you get one of those films that really, like, it hits every right. demographic base, then you're onto some gold. Whereas kind of now, those are the only films anyone puts a lot of money yeah. behind. If it goes above a certain budget, you kind of are targeting those. Yeah. And, like, that's why we've got this surfeit of mega blockbusters. Yeah. And it's like mega blockbusters and small, tiny indie films. Lego busters. Yes. <laughs> and new blockbusters. Sorry. Um, but the middle has disappeared. This yeah. is one of those rare films from the middle. Yeah. That don't seem to get made anymore. Yeah, and it's and it's so interesting how old it feels. It feels like a nostalgic kind of film that isn't made anymore. Yeah. Which is weird because the time when they were made, Pete's Dragon was nothing like this. <laughs> no, no, exactly. I liked this film actually yeah. quite a lot. And I like it because of that. I remember you were very excited about yeah, it when it first I was. It's just... I feel like you might miss something by not seeing it in the cinema. Yeah. Because, like, for me, this is just a film that I... It's like a warm bath, this film. It's like... And again, like, that's not that exciting, but, like, sometimes it's really nice. But that's the thing. As I was watching it the first time, I have been conditioned to think that all films should be, quote-unquote, exciting. And that... The exciting that they are is such a manufactured... Yeah thing and it has been drilled into us and I fell for it and here's the thing I'm not sure I mean look I don't want to second guess your own thought process but like maybe what you were looking for wasn't necessarily exciting so much as it was like really emotional that yes yeah that was the basically there were two things that I thought it might be even as I was watching it and I was wrong and one was that yeah if it had been this extremely emotional thing and like Iron Giant well that was the other thing I was going to say. Yeah. The other thing I was... It, basically, I was expecting something that either was all about these people in an all-in, super-emotional way. Yeah. Or something that is a boy-and-his-monster film like The Iron Giant or E.T. Yeah. Both of which are better than this. Yeah, oh, totally. And no so, question. And so what I saw the first yeah. time was a boring E.T. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. a boring Iron Giant. Yeah. And I had, and I had to... And I almost deliberately like switched my brain into a different gear as I was watching it the last time and yeah. went like, oh, maybe it's about this. Because this time, you know, I tuned into those those gentle images it begins with of flying yeah. over the trees and the and the carving into the into, into the, the wood. wood. And just the gentle country music yeah. Yeah. soundtrack and Yeah, it's just that's the right mode mm. to watch this in. It's just like it's just a film you watch for two hours and it's just like 
man, that looks like a nice place to live. And, yeah, and it does. And it, it? Lo- those look and, like and nice way, people to live he's, with. He's credited. Maybe it's because he just made his own film, so he automatically get credited as everything. Yeah. But he is credited as a cinematographer. Yeah. In various productions, so like, yeah. this is a guy who knows just how to point a camera at something. Yeah. And, it, and knows what he wants out of it as well. It's like this. The, this film is not the way it is by accident. No. And this, so yeah, this place really successfully looks like a nice place to be. Yeah. And it sounds like a nice place to be. And the weaker points of the film for me are the ones where he steps away from that. Yeah. Like, uh, I wasn't all in for the action sequence, the, the sort of parkouring on the top of vehicles bit. So the bit where um, mm. Pete climbs on a school bus and yeah. he cl- clambers across it while a gentle country song is playing. Yeah. And it that clashed for me. I was kind of going like, well, what? Which? Which is it? I think that's meant to be a little bit of a clash because I yeah. think he's supposed to... At that point, you're supposed to see him as a little bit of unusual chaos. Yeah. In he's this... invaded this gentle space. Yeah, it? but but not super aggressively. No. It's just this weird little... It's the touch of magic thing that yeah. they keep talking about. I think, like, the speeches that Robert Redford's character keeps giving about, like, his experiences and his perceptions of the dragon, I think that's kind of the key to it. Yeah. He's not talking about the dragon as, like, something that, like... Oh my god! Mm. You know, it's just sort of like because you know if you've don't remember the film fully, Robert Redford's character, the old dad of Bryce Dallas Howard's character, is the only one in town who's previously seen the dragon, and people haven't believed his story before. And once they start getting wind of the idea that there might be a dragon, she sits him down, asks him to tell her the full story, and mm. he's just talking about this incident where he came across it in the woods, and they just. And nothing really happened. Yes. They just sat there and they looked at each other for a while and he just felt like it was just a subtle shift in his perception of the world. Yeah. A little sprinkling of magic mm. that just... It just made him look at everything else just a little bit differently. It's very nice. And also, I liked how... And this must be... You must have to be careful to pull this off. Yeah. Before that, he has this essentially boastful version of the of the story where yeah. he's kind of the hunter hero of it that yeah. he's telling to the kids. But even that version of the story is still quite gentle, and you don't get the sense that he's passing himself off as like a a knight with a big sword, a dragon slayer. Yeah, he's just a, a huntsman. Not even in the fairy tale sense, but in the like, I'm an old guy who lives in this area of America. Yeah, sense. exactly. Not and not not even in the I'm a trophy hunter. You know, yeah. I'm doing this for self. No, I just I had a tool and yeah, I used that's it. the life we live out yeah. here. You know, kind of thing. But that is the aggrandizing version of yeah. the story, and that's that's deftly handled, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's nice. Well, the whole film is handled very. It's handled so gently mm. that you might not think it's even moving. And that was me, the first yeah. time. Yeah, it really took me a few goes. But I think once you click into the mood, it's once you actually see it, very clearly aiming for, yeah. then you kind of realise it actually takes a lot of work mm. to be that successfully gentle yeah. without making it feel totally inert. That's right, yeah. Um, I do think you, you, know, you have to meet it halfway. You have to go in there with the right expectations. But I think if you do that, I think there's a lot of value to be had from this film. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to think, um, maybe there could have been something else at the start that would have got me into that frame of mind so that yeah. I recognised it for what it was sooner than I did. Yeah, I've got some criticisms and I might as well so put I, yeah. them across now. One of which is that this is yet another film that starts with the horrific death of the parents of the, yeah. of the main character. And that's becoming a trope. And yeah. 
that set me off on the wrong foot. I was huh. annoyed by that because, and it's handled. I mean, the car crash is filmed beautifully. Yeah. Um, and it's gentle, and it's you know they they do it in a you know kind of like Frozen does. It's yeah. it's done in a way that's as undistressing as possible. But how many more films do like do films? Is it is it important to start films like this? Like, it's not, but it does seem to be. It's a Disney preoccupation. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think what for gra- better or worse. I think Ground Zero for that may have been up, even though it's slightly of a different thing. That yeah. sort of was such a shock that someone died at the start. And we've yeah. got so many films now that start that way that yeah. I wonder if that's kind of where that came from. I suppose I suppose it happens in Tarzan, but it's a little It happens less... a lot. It happens yeah. a, in a lot of Disney films. Go, you know, like this is a tradition that really got its genesis like as a cultural institution of Disney with Bambi. Oh, and yeah. It goes all the that's way true. back to that. Well, but that's true. Well, that's true. But I think that's different because the parent dies in Bambi, but it's sufficiently far into the film. Hmm. That it's a character by now, it it, it comes as a twist. Whereas yeah. I'm thinking more of, of something where, like, first couple of scenes, the parents yeah. are, like, bumped off almost as a matter of course so we can get on with it. And I go, well, why didn't we start just after that then? Uh, Paddington is one of those. Um, but Paddington whiffs it spectacularly by literally cutting from hmm. grieving a parent to a burp fart uh, gag. But I do think that, I mean, we're not talking about our differing <laughs> opinions on Paddington right now. I'll agree that that's the weakest part of it because... I've I got think, no leg to stand on because I didn't get much further in. Yeah, like, it's just, they really haven't settled into their tone at that point no. in that film. But it's an and, example... Yeah. Sorry. I agree, though, and it's an example of... It's an example of this trope. Um, yeah. Well... And it points to... And the mm. fact that they do it so offhandedly in that film... It just to me that's evidence that it's just a thing that we just almost don't see when we watch these films now. It's just like mm. here's the parent death scene. Okay, now we get to start the story. So I think the I was thinking this as I was watching yeah. it. And maybe that was maybe I was preoccupied with that, and so I didn't really much like the the scene that followed it, uh, which is the the playing with the dragon scene. Yeah, such as I thought was the opening to Pete's Dragon. Yes, <laughs> um, and then after that we get into kind of the real film, you know, and it's yeah. fine. So I don't even know whether to call that a pacing issue exactly. It's just something that stopped me personally from fully enjoying it and connecting yeah. with what it was. That may be my fault more than theirs. It's a thing to get through to, yeah. like... Because I understand why you set your character up like that. It's... You say, why don't they start just after it? It's so that you can present a contrast. It's so yeah. that... You see what this character was is like in their absolute default, yeah. natural state. Then you put them through a loss, yeah. and then the entire rest of the film can be their process of dealing with that loss. Like yeah. that, and that's how Bambi is structured. Except Bambi yeah. does a lot more upfront yeah. to establish that character's normal life first. Um, so too does the Lion King. Yes. Um, and the downside of that is, it, I find that when you do that, when you have a story that's about a character moving on from the loss of a parent, or, you know, some other great personal loss, uh-huh. and you put that too far into the middle of the film, it can actually mean that the rest of it, which is really the, the arc and the journey that is the point of that character, yeah. gets compressed. Yeah. That's a big problem with the structure of Lion King. That's famously a problem with the structure of Lion King. Frankly, yeah. I think it's a problem with the structure of Bambi. Yeah. I don't really remember that much about Bambi after, after that. No, me neither. Although I 
I agree with you, but I've I've always let it off because it's an old Disney film which didn't really have structures in that way. But the rest of Bambi is much less memorable. Yeah, no idea what happens. Than the beginning of Bambi. Yeah, I'm always surprised whenever someone reminds me that there's like a, a King Bambi. In yeah, it. I know, right? <laughs> and if, you, if you're asking why they put these scenes at the beginning, it's so that they can get into the meat of the character's story as early as possible. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I agree with that. It's just, it feels like the beginning of Incredible Hulk, where it's like, yeah, 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 blah, 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 now we start the story. And I sort yeah. of go, well, just don't have the montage then. Like, yeah. But I tell you what I'm doing. I'm imagining a version of this for grown-ups. Where yeah. we do start with Robert Redford and his daughter, and then they just the first time we see Pete is in the woods. Yeah. And then we find out yeah. through through the, the older generation's eyes that he seems to be referring to the fact that he's lost his parents, and then we look it up and oh yeah, they there was a car crash, it's not good news. Yeah. But that's not a children's film. This gives no. you Pete's yeah, exactly, and it means that however young you are, you're with him at yeah. every stage of his character yeah. journey. I feel as though, you know, if David Lowry was making this same story for yeah. an adult audience, he probably would structure it like that. Yeah, and I, honestly, I, so this leads to my next sort of problem that might be my problem. Uh, and I'm not, this isn't a criticism, this isn't a criticism, it's going to be ridiculous if this is my criticism. <laughs> yeah. I just, I wasn't into the dragon. I didn't think it was that interesting. And so... I couldn't help but imagine a version of yeah. the story where if you if you start at Pete's Dragon 77 yeah. and you walk down the road that leads to this Pete's Dragon yeah. and you keep going, there's a version of this story where there isn't a dragon. And yeah. it's and it is an imaginary thing that he's come up with to cope with his loss. Yeah. And the story is just this family like yeah. coming together. And I personally might enjoy that better, even if they put the dragon on screen sometimes as in a metaphorical sense. Yeah. But obviously I'm not suggesting they go that far. But the the dragon bits drag on. I'm <laughs> sorry. I do. I, I I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't as interested in them because they were again like a film about a boy enjoying his time with his dog, uh, a sort of thing. It would have been better if I'd liked the design more. I'm afraid I didn't like the design very much. It was like a yeah. It's an odd design. Yeah. It was a it's, bit. It divided people then, and it's always, yeah. It's always gonna. But because okay, so there's two ways that I can criticize this. One is that. It's yet another all animals have to be dogs in Disney. Sure, yeah. Um, and But with this added uncanny valley human face. Hmm. So here's this like human eyes trying to emote as much as possible only to harken back to the fact that this used to be a 2D animated cartoon. I don't know. Like, yeah. had it looked more like a dog or a horse or an animal, I feel like I would have believed those scenes more yeah. than the fact that it was sometimes looking at characters directly in the eye and doing human expressions at them, it gave it this uncanny valley feeling to me. I see what you're saying, yeah. And it doesn't seem fair, because of course it did. You know, what else were they going to do? Yeah. I think but, they were aiming for, like... I mean, I'm not, I'm not quoting anyone here, yeah. but it looks like they're aiming for, like, that sort of Falcor-type yeah. realm with it in terms right. of the level of sentience, the, the furry aesthetic, yeah. all that kind of yeah. stuff. But, it, but without it being able to talk, and yeah. with it being, you know quote-unquote, real, because that's what we're aiming for with this style and with CG and, and, yeah. and things like these. You know, because a fully cartoony-looking version of this in CG would have been horrible. Yeah. Wouldn't have wanted that. A puppet might have been nice. Um, yeah. A big puppet might have been nice, and that would have been able to hit the Falcor thing. The problem is, there'd been a couple of precedents that I didn't think this lived up to. Um, I'm not sure if we'd had yet The Last Guardian on the PlayStation, but no. we'd certainly had the trailer for it, yeah. and we'd certainly played it before we saw this film. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that 
is a very similar setup. Boy and Big Dragony Monster. But in that, they went for making it really realistically read as an animal, yeah. a giant pet. And that, to us, came across as far more lovable. That's, that's one precedent. The other precedent, though, we had definitely had a good couple of How to Train Your Dragons by now. Yeah. which true. Which changed the the precedent for boy and dragon films yeah and i didn't get the same sense of the relationship between the two characters that i yeah. did out of that i agree in large part to be honest even though um, i wasn't a big i wasn't a big fan i'm afraid listeners of how to train your dragon um but that was for my own again i bring baggage to everything i'd already seen cloudy with a chance of meatballs which was the father-son story done better so ignore that but but that that really established a good precedent for Boy and Dragon. Yeah, it's like I like the stuff with the dragon, but I really like everybody else's relationship with the dragon. Yeah, I like every all the human cast. Oh, give me a, a reaction. If only to I it. could have had more Robert Redford and the dragon, that would have been lovely. Yeah, loved him in it. I like I really like Bryce Dallas Howard's reaction yeah. to the dragon. Yeah, I like. I thought she was underwritten. I think I've seen her be better in other things. I think she's underwritten. But I think they were, again, it's sort of one of those examples of, like, taking maybe an underwritten part and just saying, like, this part's a bit underwritten. Let's give it to the absolute most qualified person yeah. that we could possibly find. And they can kind of make the difference up. Yeah. And she's so warm. Well, exactly. I was going to say, that was the word I was going to say. Yeah. They, they, were, that was, they were trying to communicate warmth and they succeeded with her. Yes. Um, and, then, and then it's just that Robert Redford is Robert Redford. Yeah. So he took almost nothing yeah. and turned it into this tour de force of warmth. Yeah, and, uh, exactly, yeah. So standing next to him, I felt like she had less to perform yeah, yeah. with. But I like I like the kid in it as well. Yeah, he was very good. I never didn't believe him, which is a yeah. great surprise, especially given that on two occasions he's howling and stuff. And they both come across, and they, all of those occasions come across in the way they're supposed to. Yeah, on the at the end he does a, an animal howl that genuinely comes across as like like a gentle, sad animal keening. And yeah. it's like, holy crap, wow, well done, yeah. child actor, for even recognising what you're being asked to do. And the scene where, in the middle of the film, where, like, he's caught after trying to run away and he's just howling. Yes. And it's, like, it's it's really sad and unsettling. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was very good. He's really good in this, I've got to say. And, yeah. and I got what I needed to from the dragon, from his relationship with the dragon. Yeah. Because I, he manages to make it work as this. This coping mechanism, yeah. this surrogate family that yeah. isn't, you know, it's a sticking plaster over his emotional wound. Yeah. It's not what he needs in the long term. And that's what, you know, he mm. comes to realise at the end and what the dragon comes to realise at the end. But all of that stuff comes across through all of the ways that the humans interact with this dragon. Yes. To the degree, that, like you said about Robert Redford, it's like the dragon then doesn't need to do that much more. Mm from my perspective, to basically be an acceptable part of the film. Yeah. Is it an iconic creature? No. No, it isn't one. Could it have been? Should it have been? Maybe. Mm. For this film to be great? Yeah. But... Or... Or... I think there's I think there's two versions. It could have been way more iconic and way more... But that's it standing out more. And then I think there's a version where it blends in more with its yeah. woodlandy surroundings... Yeah. Maybe if they'd have made it look mossy rather than furry or something. Yeah. I think they were... Because I... It, but this is me being... This is me trying to reinterpret the film. This is me wanting to rewrite it and have a version where it's a more psychological version of the dragon than it than 
You know, this is a film for it, children about a big, nice, furry dragon. With that said, I think it's already quite psychological yeah. in terms of how it treats the dragon. Yeah. Like I said, this is a film of subtle shades. Mm, yeah. I think maybe... I think you're right that the dragon is a few shades off where it needs to be. Yeah. But I kind of feel like the rest of it makes up for it in a way that still works. Yeah. If I have a, a big... Honestly, not that big... It, the film isn't big enough to have big criticisms of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Um, I noted down some nitpicks, but I kind of don't even feel the need to bring them up. Yeah, it's like it just washes away in a gentle stream, you know what yeah. I mean? I'll, I'll say one. I don't ever want to see the, the big animal sneezed on everybody joke again. That's in everything with a big animal. And I thought it was, be I thought it was beneath this film <laughs> to put them in. And they did it twice. That And look, that does tie in with the point I was going to make, yeah. that the antagonist plotline is underdeveloped, yeah. doesn't feel like it is written at the same level of nuance as the rest of the film. Yes. Like, look, you, you must be doing something right if Carl Urban is the worst part of the film. Hey, yeah. But, like, but he was. And that's not his fault. It's no, just... it's not. He was good in it. And, in fact, I noted that there was... I, I said earlier that I've had some problems with the script and some yeah. bits of it felt a bit rote. Well, I sort of noticed that yeah. when he did a genuinely sterling job of making anything out of his line wait for me which is yeah. just the sort of thing people don't say except if you're a cartoon villain yeah yeah while your henchmen are driving away from you yeah um and that was it he was written a little bit 70s disney villain at I times i never thought of it like that but yeah but that felt really out in this remake of pete's dragon that <laughs> felt really out of place it did um, and it no and it did because everything else was so not i wouldn't say realistic but kind of realistic that grounded when, yeah, yeah yes that when his whole motivation he kept saying to everybody like the dragon's mine it's my dragon i'll it, unspecified reason for wanting it i mean he literally doesn't specify yeah he like, literally doesn't you know in the script doesn't have a plan yeah, yet. and, and it all i would have liked it if there was something a bit along the lines of you know he's not the, the logging company isn't doing very well or yeah. he, he just wants a bit of extra money and he feels like some even if he doesn't know how yeah surely this is how yeah a little bit of extra would have pleased me i think there's little bits that hint at that you know yeah. there's, there's stuff you know like the fact that he's logging beyond where he ought to yes you know like that's clearly his motivation yeah yeah but it's just not quite there and it's just when everybody else is written so kind of delicately, yeah. it's hard to see that this guy would be related to them. Like, yeah. well, not this guy. Well, this person with this series of actions. Actually, there was one moment in the film where I did think that they... Okay, there's, there's one moment in his arc, as it were, and yeah. in, in the arc of the film, where I thought they just kind of confused me with, like, why are you doing like this? Which was when you'd had them all building up to it suddenly that now the whole family know about this dragon and they all like it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he shows up and he's like, I've got it. Everyone fire your darts at it and I'll take it away and whatever. Yeah. And then they all just quietly drive home and nobody goes don't like they they know him he's not just like gaston yeah. he's a yeah. guy they all really mates with like they spend most of their life with him like he's he's related to them yeah and, and he's and not distantly like, yeah. they spend their lives working with him and like that's their brother slash brother-in-law slash uncle yeah and yet they all just go home silently like you know with quiet sad faces on as if there's nothing any of them can do yeah. against this giant force of it it, it felt like well, hasn't anyone spoken to him yet? Yeah. Because he probably would go like, oh, he seemed reasonable enough. Yeah, he did. Which makes his 70s Disney villain actions yeah. not fit. 
It's time to let the wife in. I've let my wife in. Hi, Abby. Hello. Some of you listening know of Abby. Some of you know me, yes. I've had a very long day. Have a lean. A hug is taking place now. It's it's quite touching. Yeah. Yeah. Very touching. Abby is now putting together some dinner that we're going to eat together. We won't be eating it. We won't be eating it on microphone. No. Well, I mean, we could. Um, we have we'll, done okay. that in the past. We, we, well, well, we did it with a, a banana, a banoffee well, cake, banoffee, banoffee pie, pie, and I've also eaten je- uh, like jelly, jelly beans. beans during this. Well, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe. Listen, I, look, I'm not eating a whole curry. If during, if you, the listener, wish us to do our podcast while scoffing our faces full of sloppy curry, then leave. <laughs> <laughs> Or if you leave us enough reviews on iTunes. Donations. No, Donations. Very monetary value that's put on this. <laughs> hey, you can actually do that if for some reason you're a person with excess money and you want to give it to this podcast. You can do that. We we've got a Patreon now. We've never mentioned it because we don't know what to do with it and we haven't got any tier awards. <laughs> we haven't thought of anything to do. So, well, we've, we've thought of some stuff, but we haven't done it. So, um, for now... No rewards at all, so there's no reason to donate to our Patreon. But if for whatever reason you're still silly enough to do it, it is patreon.com forward slash serious business. And I suppose we'll use it to... I don't know. Right? Yeah. But the reason that this is relevant is there may be clattering in the background. There may be clattering and we're just not professional enough or bothered enough to... To prevent that from happening, we're not staying up all night to record this when no other sounds are going on. We've got the window open, you've heard the traffic outside, there's been people yeah. getting particularly beepy. Exactly. At so, times. you guys are going to just have to deal with it. Yeah. Anyway, what were we saying about Carl Urban? What were we saying about Carl Urban? He's basically good. He was good. As he is in everything. Uh, yes, again, yes. There was no problem with Carl Urban. There was some problem with Carl Urban's script. Yeah. And I thought he did a bang-up job of, of hiding that as best as possible. I think everybody in yeah. this film is really good. Yeah. Including, uh, we've we've praised the kid who played Pete, Oaks Figley. It's an interesting name. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, or something like that. But the little girl is really good as well. Yes, except again, now I think she's got the biggest problem with the script. Because yeah. I just didn't get the sense that anybody knew how to write a, a small child. Um Hmm. There were there were strange moments when she would say something weirdly sage, or yeah, where, or where she would like the bit where the where the uh, Robert Redford is coming in to help them in the van, yeah, and she's suspicious, and he goes, "No, I'm trying to help," and she goes, "Get in the van." <laughs> in that voice, yeah, no, she says, "Get in," yeah, and she gets a zoom up and everything, and it's an odd like I feel as if they when they wrote her, she was about sixteen, and then they went. No, let's make her more Pete's age. Yeah, but they yeah. didn't change the script, and so she's having to deal with a few leftover yeah, remnants yeah, yeah. of a previous version. Um, but, but she yes, is she was good. good. She is good, and like I say, I think everybody is good. Yeah, um, I've no real way to measure whether the boyfriend guy is good because he just sort of stands there with guy. his face. No, exactly. The oh, you mean Grace's right, bloke? Right, Wes Bentley. Yeah. Is that him? Yeah. Where do I know him from? Because I do. He's all over the place. He's oh. like a character actor who will always just turn up in smallish right. roles. And well, he didn't. He was in the the first Hunger Games off the top. Yeah, of my no, head. that's it. That's where I know him from. Yeah. Um, didn't really do anything in this, did he? He was just no. sort of standing there. But he's a solid actor. Yes, I think honestly, I couldn't really massively justify why he was there. And when I tried to think, well, what's the alternative? The alternative was Carl Urban be the boyfriend and this schism be between them. 
Yeah. But then that would undermine the we're a lovely family and the, the gentleness of it. So I can see yeah. why that's not what they did. Yeah, he's kind of a pivot point character, yeah. really. Like, I think he is defined by his utility of having the other characters be related to him in different ways, yeah. rather than he himself is specifically a useful character. Like, the only thing I would say about him is, like, I don't feel Wes Bentley is necessarily a person with the same natural warmth right. as the other characters. And that's nothing against him as a no. human being. The thing with Wes Bentley is he has quite, like, piercing quite cold yeah, eyes. Yeah, no, yeah. He, he seems menacing to look yeah, at. Yeah, and... And he doesn't do much with his face. No. Ever, so he's just sort of hovering around just <laughs> aiming this glare at people all the time. But there's nothing wrong with what he's doing. No. It's just he's he's an unusual person to cast other than that he's a good actor. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, yeah, I think you wanted a... a yeah, I, I would recast him. Someone a bit more, honestly, like a stereotypical logger, you know, like hmm. if this was the past and he was still young... Yeah. You could cast John Goodman. You know, just yeah. someone who looks like he'd be comfortable with a an axe on his shoulder and you wouldn't feel threatened by that. Sure. Because he's got to do nothing. He's just got to smile and be there. I think he also has to convey a certain amount of awkwardness with the rest of his family that gets kind of fixed by the end of it. Though. Oh, I suppose so, actually, yes. You know what I mean? Like, his relationship with his brother needs yes. to not quite be fully functional. Yeah, but I know? feel like anyone could do that. I feel like that... Honestly, actually, actually, uh, yeah, I'll say that could have been better because... Imagine imagine if it was a John Goodman. Yeah. And the problem with with his brother makes him sad. That would have you'd have felt that much more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. a, like a, well, I suppose I'm thinking of Pacha here. You know, I'm thinking of John oh, Goodman right, in yes. Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, yeah. But that sort of character yeah. I think would have been just by it would have just added an extra little emotional drip. It wouldn't have been overplayed, but it would have been nice. Whereas from him, yeah, I got nothing off him. And that's yeah. not a criticism of him. There was nothing for him to give. No, I agree. On balance, though, as we said, it's it's a gentle film doing a very subtle thing and generally achieves it. And it's really interesting to compare this to the original. Yeah. Because... Because the original is trying to thrill you, in a sense. In the sense of, here are performers yeah. doing their Broadway In the way stuff. a variety show is yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, with that said, though, I think there's there is a commonality to... The way I think they're both trying to evoke a certain homespun community sort of charm. A certain kind of like, you know, down-to-earth, like, salt-of-the-earth kind of... Yeah, and it's two eras different definitions of what down-to-earth, salt-of-the-earth means. You've in got, a sense. Because, I mean, because in the old film, you've got a kind of like um, a Calamity Jane way of being down-to-earth. Yeah, like, the, the 70s one is quite turn-of-the-century. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the setting and the vibe. Yeah, and the fact that you can you can go into a, a sing along, but it's Yeah. But it's a non threatening sing along. And, <laughs> and then in the new one, everyone's just really calm and gentle and you, you have this sense that in the old one, I can imagine little calamities happening in the town and everyone going, Whoa and doing a song and fixing it. Yeah. In the new one, it's there's this sense of like it would be awful if any calamities happened here. And fortunately, they never and do. They never do. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the new one, I mean, both of them are relatively non-specific in terms of time period. But the yes, new- I've seen it, in my brief little research into this film. I've seen various people going, "When is this set?" And I didn't notice that. Yeah, because they're they're saying like, well, there's no phones and things, so they're going, "Is this set in the nineties? Yeah, and I think I've seen people decide that it is. Maybe they had some source for that. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that at the time because I just thought, well, they. 
this is a logging town. Like, it's supposed yeah. to feel old-timey. But they would have mobiles if it was set in the present day. Yeah. Because they're using quite old-style phones at home as well, you know, like... Ro- I don't know if they were rotary phones, but, like, they're old. I remember. Kind of wired plastic phones. Yeah. And, like, honestly, I think that's the interesting thing about it. This kind of feels like it's... It could be set near or maybe just after when the original film actually came out. Yeah. So it's it's kind of odd that this film might represent 70s family values more yeah. earthly and earnestly than the original one does. Yeah, this, this feels like the story that Walt Disney bastardised. Uh, yeah, kind and, of. <laughs> right. Into the film. Yeah, and that's a really weird way around for this yeah. to be. Um, <laughs> Other than the folksy spirit of it, though, there really is very little to directly compare between the two films. Almost nothing. I mean, you know, you, you feel the urge, don't you, to compare the fact that there is a dad and daughter character. Yeah. You, you, you sort of think of them as like, oh, she's the equivalent of her and he's the But they're really not. They are... They're broad, in broad terms. In, bro- in terms of where they are in the plot. Yeah. They're nothing I mean, like each other. Like, she, you know, well, I mean, you know, she's the caring, motherly... Caring so, motherly, but in the older film, it's in a much more, I, I guess, active rather than passive way. It is. They're both in very different ways, yeah. but they are both that. She's a local powerful woman. And, and I guess yeah. so, so is Grace in the new one because yeah. of her job. But her pa- personality is extremely gentle. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Robert Redford is <laughs> yeah. the old granddad character who has a greater awareness of dragons, of dragons yeah. than everybody else. But again, in a completely different completely way. a different context, yeah. Because in, in the old one, it's that Pete and the dragon bump into him. Yeah, and then he's the crazy old Maurice yeah. about town. Exactly, yeah. Telling everyone in the bar. Yeah. It feels like the original film is a seed, yeah. and this is something that's grown out of it. But yeah. But it's Although there totally are, unrecognisable. There are some things that I... There are some things I preferred in the old film. I was I, just about to ask you that, yeah. Well, um... Honestly, if I really look at it, I think I preferred the older film. Hmm. But I think that that's not because I'm because of its quality. I think that's me. It's definitely not a better. Film. No, it, it's it's just what I'm more interested yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are because it's got this added thing of like I get to look at a way things were done in the past. Sorry about yeah. my farty chair, everyone. This is a. I have a it is a chair. I chair. can I can vouch for yeah. it being the chair. Um, I, I've had to edit around it in previous episodes. <laughs> you can't always. Um, yeah, I think I personally am more interested in that sort of yeah. film, or at least was that day. Yeah. Um, but there's there was nothing in the. Uh, I what I thought a bit that I thought was quite clumsy in the new film. Yeah. Was when they um, after they've done their thing of driving home, Carl Urban chains the dragon to a table in yeah. a, in one of those warehouses with a dragon hole at the top for yeah, it to yeah, escape yeah. out of. You know those warehouses. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's chained it up in there. And there's a, a, a lot of going on and on at that point, and and it's all to, it all serves a purpose. And, yeah, and you know, Bryce, what's name, goes That's in and valid. sees that the dragon's invisible, really, and didn't yeah. go out of the roof and all of that, and it's it, it's all fine. But I really liked the old version of that, where they came up with this this great practical effect where they've got they've, they've thrown a big tarpaulin over yeah. the dragon and it, and it does rear up and it's invisible, but the tarpaulin is on the shape of the dragon. Yeah, oh, that was really good. Yeah, yeah, I agreed. But it's like it's it, dragging them around. They're all trying to catch it. It was good. But those equivalent scenes are yeah. such a good microcosm of the difference yeah. between these two films. It's like the first one. It's these razzle dazzle, yes. spectacular brazzle dazzle. I should probably say <laughs> um, that was Why? the song. Ah, yes. So it was. 
that clearly this original Pete Strang has left this huge cultural footprint in exactly, your mind. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's, you know, and, and it really, I know, it was a few weeks ago I watched it, but I yeah. should have remembered that. <laughs> yeah. Because they try and push it as like a, like a, the, the catchphrase. Yeah. Or, yeah. And Super Califragilistic. You're supposed to go out knowing this phrase. The phrase Brazzle Dazzle Day. Yeah. And you do not. No. <laughs> and also, I do know the phrase Razzle Dazzle. <laughs> So why are you putting one letter on and expecting me to remember it? Yeah, and expecting that that changes anything. <laughs> it changes nothing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yes. that, that scene is a big spectacle. It's yes. a big, like, people... Listen are... to that sizzling curry, listeners. It smells oh, 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 oh. good. It does. Um, smell that curry, listeners. We cannot communicate the smell. No. Other than it smells delicious. No, well, uh, if you want to uh, fry up some, I believe, uh, Patak's butter chicken paste... Then you can uh, have the five D experience. Are we doing that thing again? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put it, put this in the notes yep. for the podcast episode. No, time. Oh, oh Balti curry paste. Oh, okay. All right. Put a timestamp on this. Yeah. At this point, readers. Yeah. You know, turn the page and take out your Balti curry. <laughs> what the hell was I saying? Um, brazzle dazzle. Yeah. Just talking about the fact that one scene is. It's a you know it's a technical display, a stagecraft. It's people going whoa and yeah. falling all over themselves and stuff like that. Whereas the other film is, it's just a quiet scene where characters are talking yeah. and a story is progressing. Yeah, in right. A, in a way that's less, in in some ways, less exciting. Yes, but it's a better made film. And we've hit upon another criticism that I have, which is. I thought the orchestra was just gone nuts in this. I thought they were way operating at way too high a level for what I was looking at. So like you huh. had when it, when something gentle was going on and the folk music came in and it was like bing 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 yeah, yeah. like the dragons in the forest. That was great. Yeah. But when something gentle was happening, it was going da 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 da. I'm like, all right, settle down. Okay, I, I get it. I don't agree. I like the score. Yeah. I I felt. I it, would like to listen to it. Yeah. It was nice and melodic, and it was the sort I could enjoy listening to separately. I found it to be emotionally rousing when it needed to be. Oh, see, it, to me, I, I thought it was trying to trick me in that way. No, I, well, if it, if it was a trick, I fell for it. Because yeah. when they were doing that, I got it. I right. got it. And, like, I, I you know, I, I found the crescendo at the end quite moving. I liked it. Oh, sorry, which bit Just at that? the end of the new movie where, you know, where they go out into the mountains and... and all the, yeah. yeah, and reconnect yeah, with it, the dragons. Actually, it worked there, yeah. yeah. I, I'm thinking more of bits like... Um, oh no, I think it, it might have been that bit actually There was certainly a scene towards the end Where they're going to look Yeah, no, it must have been that scene been, They're yeah. going to look for Elliot Yeah And they find Elliot Of course they find Elliot Yeah And it's like And it, yeah. like a symbol goes off oh, That was too loud <laughs> Sorry <laughs> and, it, and there is a big boosh and yeah, a symbol yeah. as if to say surprise and there it isn't I don't think it's a surprise It's an impact Well, but, I agree well, But no, that's like, okay So, you know so to me, they, to, I guess... It's an me, exclamation it like, mark, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, and I, I... It's not a film of exclamation marks, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I I liked it. Yeah. I liked that part of it. And frankly, I feel this film earns its ending more than the original earns its <laughs> Can't ending. Can't even remember the ending of the original. What well, is it? they do the Mary Poppins thing of like, oh, I must go away now. You know, yeah. there's another child who needs me. Oh, yeah. Oh, kind of thing. oh I didn't like that dragon. <laughs> Oh, it was so Don Bluthy. But I just didn't feel like they earned that ending and that yeah. connection. That's the thing. I think the original is at its worst when it's kind of trying to reach for genuine tenderness. 
Ernie, yes. Ernie yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Whereas, I the, think maybe that's why I go to bat for the wackadoo stuff in that film because, yeah, at least there it, it's in its comfort zone. Yeah, there. it it is doing what it says it's doing. Yeah. Whereas the new film is at its best with the tender emotion and at its worst when it's trying to do the yes the the knockabout adventure stuff. Yeah. So they're just they, these are this is a remake of the same film that has literally gone to the exact opposite yeah. end of the scale yeah. that it possibly could have done. Yeah. It, it really is fascinating and I, and I do recommend anyone who wants to watch either of these films to watch both yeah, because totally, they, totally. they you know you know like when you see a really nice set of bookends without without a book in between it's yeah. like that it's these two separate versions of the same idea. Yeah, it's and it's so interesting. You like I said because they're clearly the same scale. Yeah. They are clearly both Pete's dragon. Yeah. Neither of them feels like a weird perversion of the other one. No. But no, this isn't there is no Tim Burton's Pete's Dragon. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. That's it. There's no there is no point where you kind of feel like well someone got in here and like added something <laughs> to this recipe that shouldn't be in there. Yeah. It's what you've got is two I, I referenced this in the Through the Looking Glass episode we did you've got two of the sort of film that's best experienced in the background round in Anne's house yeah on a you know totally on a bank holiday weekend or something I, I really hope that the new one has a healthy afterlife uh-huh. in that context yeah I hope that a lot of future kids see and like the film in that context. Well, yeah, I suspect they will because um, just uh, by the way, at time of recording, it's it's sort of early December, and it takes me ages to get around to putting these up. So it'll probably be summer or something by the time here. <laughs> but um, summer twenty like twenty twenty or something. Yeah. yeah. But. Just yesterday, the BBC released their uh, listing for Christmas Day. Yeah. This isn't on it, but the Jungle Book is. Yeah. Which means that this is firmly in the could be on at Boxing Day TV sure. sort of film. Yeah. Which so is that's a, where it belongs. It is. Yeah. This is something to watch in a turkey coma or something. <laughs> like yeah. it really is. It's and like I said, if you I, as you've experienced, if you approach this not wanting what it's selling. Yeah. You're not going to get anything else I went, out of it. Yeah, I went in looking for the Iron Giant or E.T. And, and now there are a couple of moments where it seems to think that's what it's doing. Like the yeah. bit where, you know, there's the E.T. moment where Grace says to it, Oh, you need Pete to heal. You know, you need, you need yeah. the boy to be able to be healthy because you've formed that sort of bond. Yeah. If you're trying to force pull the chocolates towards yourself there, Abby. Yeah, I thought I had a special connection with it. <laughs> you didn't. Just a regular connection. So yeah, there were a couple of moments where yeah. I, where I'm like, don't lean into that. Forget about that. This is why I sort of feel as if I would have enjoyed the film without the dragon. Yeah. Because, yeah, it, it, if you can instead be... And um, what is it at the beginning? Is it that it opens on the parents' death, which I read as an inherently more dramatic thing than this film is it willing to serve up? Yeah. yeah. Or is it that it then opens on the dragon adventure scene, which I then am looking for a How to Train Your Dragon or an, uh, an E.T. Yeah. An I.T. An I.T., <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, um, I get that. Or or an Iron Giant. But yeah. yeah, this time, once I did realise it was only trying to be a Walton's <laughs> or yeah. whatever. yeah. That was when I finally saw what it was trying to do. And honestly, it's not the sort of film I would usually watch. But I now recognise yeah. what it was doing. Basically, if I had a kid, yeah. I would now have been converted into the sort of person that this film is there to serve. Because it's there for families who don't want to have to be challenged about what they're watching or what their children are watching. This film's But, not, but like not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. You it's know, there it's like, yeah. to be 
reliably pleasant. And to be kind of like, like I said, to be sort of sunk into, yeah. like a like a warm bath or something. Yes, and it will definitely be better for, for kids than it is for me. Um, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, I'm not sure, but it's certainly something I talk about a lot in real life. The fact that when I was a child and Aladdin came out, I yeah. thought it was about four hours long. Yeah. Or, or rather, I didn't have any regard for how long it was. It was a world I could live in for the duration of the video. Yeah. I don't know why I pick Aladdin particularly, but like all 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 children's films were that. Yeah. And as an adult, only now do I see they're over and done with in a heartbeat. Yeah. Children, films are longer for children. They literally do experience time. Oh, 100%. Longer. Yeah. And so um, bits that I had problems with. So for example, I thought they went way too quickly from the almost Iron Giant moment of, oh wait, are you attacking my child? I'm going to finally breathe fire and go nuts. Yeah. So much better in the Iron Giant. It's yeah, yeah, such yeah. an amazing moment of cinema in that. Yeah. And in this, it's just like, bruh. Yeah. But then he goes straight from that to the car with the goodies in is going to fall through the bridge so the dragon jumps out and catches them yeah. from himself. It's like, it was yeah, so, yeah. so quick after, it was such a quick switch that it yeah. was like, well, you could have just not done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but to a child... That will be a longer scene with more time to drink yeah. in the motivations from one moment to the next. So. Yeah. So that's my the, a criticism from me. Maybe probably wouldn't be from a, from a kid. Yeah, I agree. And and if they liked it, I can only urge them to watch the Iron Giant because that bit's so well, much better. Well, yeah, <laughs> totally. Like you said earlier, this is not as good as the Iron Giant. No. Not as good as it is. Not really even in the same ballpark as those. But, no, but it's also not aiming for them. No, and it's weakest when it. Creeps into those. Yeah, that's that it. Territory. That's it. Yeah. And so there's my criticism. Yeah. I think it shouldn't have. It, it, that's where it feels like it's doing by numbers. That's where yeah. it feels too rote. You've yeah. got, oh, you've got to have a scene where this, and you've got to have a scene where that. Well, not really, no, because you no. Have, you've you, you've got to have a lot of punching, and you've got that. Maybe you don't get this budget to do this well, kind yeah. of film if you don't have. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, for the parts of it, which is most of it, that's just about like, look at this life, yeah. and just sort of breathe you know like watch it and almost feel like you can breathe in that forest air oh you can always smell the trees in this yeah, yeah. for sure for that it's genuinely completely successful i think and yeah like i say it's it exists on this weird continuum with the original but totally the, op at the opposite end of it and yeah. yeah i'd love more remakes to exist like this yeah it, um, I mentioned it before, but it's fascinating to me that this was not more nuts because of the the, the total freedom that was clearly afforded to yeah. not just the director, but the person who hired the director. Yeah, yeah. Everyone involved in this production was just like, it doesn't matter, so anything. Yeah, yeah. You are under no pressure whatsoever to make this a certain and type so, of film. And so it's a bigger deal that what he made was, I mean, I mean, one way of putting it is so pedestrian. Yeah. Modest. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bigger, that you know... That becomes a bigger decision. Um, yeah, especially in the current movie yeah. landscape. Yeah, because they could have done. They could have just ripped off How to Train Your Dragon and coasted through, and it would have had just as much of an impact as it's had. So nobody would remember it. So nobody, they wouldn't be blamed for doing a rip off. Yeah, it would be fine. And, yeah. kids, and it could have been like, rah, 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 I've got a dragon. You know, <laughs> lots of wacky hijinks and flying around, and they would have got away with that, and it would yeah. be fine. Only, you know, we would have still done this episode and we would have been the only people to bother. <laughs> yeah, agreed. They've clearly made a film that someone wanted to make, yeah. though. And that's that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing here with this cycle of remakes they're doing at the moment. Like, 
and we'll get to that when we get to Beauty and the Beast, but yes. I watch Beauty and the Beast and feel like it was a film that anyone involved, that it was their baby. Mm. You know what I mean? That it was their like passion to yeah. see that made. It sort of felt like everyone felt was there out of a sense of very, very sincere responsibility yeah. to uphold something. But it didn't feel like it was anybody's idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the impression I've got. Obviously, I'm I'm going yeah, yeah, and people will say he hasn't seen it, and no, I haven't seen it. But I'd be, I'd everyone be, seems to agree with. I'd me. personally be surprised if you didn't feel a variation on that when you see Beauty and the Beast. I am going to. I know for a fact that I'm going to feel all sorts of ways of disliking it because yeah, because well. I'll tell you on the day. Yeah, we, yeah. let's not blow no. our load on that. Yeah. No. The, the Beauty and the Beast episode is going to be at least three <laughs> and a half hours long. Yeah. Guarantee you. I'm that. afraid it's going to be a bit frozen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have lots of individual notes. Yeah, it could well be. <laughs> well, maybe we'll do two separate ones. Maybe we'll do one like this and then one separate nitpick episode. Yeah, and a, like supplementary material. Yeah. Uh, appendices. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, no. Anyway. Pete's Dragon... It's just nice. Yeah. If you want to see a nice film, go and see that and check out the original as well. If you do, I think you should watch both. Uh, you probably won't. I don't think that. Uh, uh, I don't think a lot of people listening to this will be interested in what Pete's Dragon has to offer. It's not yeah. a film I would normally watch. No, me neither. It's. It really is for it. It is for families. Yeah. Basically. But it's. There's a maturity to the way it approaches it. Yeah. It's a mature film for families. It's a. You know. It's. It's not a family film in the pejorative sense. Exactly, but that sense wasn't always there, and it's there now. And I think that it, I always worry about what do parents watch with their kids now? Because in my day, you can watch like Star Trek: Next Generation. You can there was stuff on TV, yeah, that you could watch with with your family. These days, what do people watch at tea time? It's all just reality shows. That are like nasty competitions. Well, bear in mind though that fewer people watch broadcast TV. You, well, okay, but do you know what I mean? Like, but th that's yeah. part of the equation. Like, yeah. maybe I'm not fully up to date with what is available for families to watch on Netflix that, or whatever. But and as a result, that's why I, I'm not. I wouldn't comment on this because I literally don't know yeah. what families watch these days. I'm just worried that it's. I would say, don't worry, I'm sure the families... I am worried, I want to know. I'm I, sure I know. the families are fine. I know, I'll ask some families, because yeah. I know enough of them. It's just that I suspect they're watching Strictly and stuff. I don't know why I don't I know. I like, know, it's, you know, it's not like in our day where we had quality programming like Jim Davidson's Generation <laughs> Game. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, do know what you mean. I'm not going down the things were better <laughs> in our day rabbit hole. These are different podcasts. Yes. <laughs> so before this podcast fractals off into like 10 million different oh, fractals I yeah said fractals no you know like <laughs> just frattling away okay you know like before this podcast becomes a hydra yes and like you know every every diversion we, we cut try off and stop. yeah two grow in its place maybe we'll end this one okay. that was that was at times about pete's dragon yeah <laughs> i'm probably gonna edit out all the fractals so let's do a different ending where we don't reference them um the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, next time. Next time it's Beauty and the Beast, and I have been waiting for that for a long time. I mean, I know, I for some reason, I've got this reputation among my viewer people yeah. on YouTube of being quite pleasant and, uh, and 
Positive. You don't buy that. But I'm really, in real life, all I do is grouch all the time. And so I You are a persnickety individual. Yeah, and I know that Beauty and the Beast... I, I mean this. I'm going to go in with my like Ninja Turtles head on. I'm going to be the oh, child sure. who wanted to see live action versions of cartoons. Do it, yeah. do it, because that's Cause how I'm... you can get anything out of it. There is a version. Please of me. try and like I, it. Honestly, I will, and I think I'll pull it off to a certain extent. Yeah. And I'll and the way I'll do it is by watching it on my own. If I was with anyone else, I would I'd be in snipey mode, you know. Yeah. But I'm going to watch it by myself. I'm going to have all the magic of Disney in my heart. Yeah. And I'm and I'm. I'm sure I'm gonna, so for example even though so far every little detail I've seen about how they've approached the film <laughs> I've disliked yeah I, I I have always had this thing where I absolutely don't begrudge Emma Watson the opportunity to go down the stairs in the big dress which yeah. presumably would have been important to her yeah at, at agreed her age agreed uh, or rather at the time she was born, she is one of the kids yeah. who was raised on this stuff, presumably. Yeah. Um, and so I've always felt happy for her getting to do that, even yeah. if I think everything I've seen of her performance and just the, her casting and so yeah. on, I just think was wrong. Yeah. It's like, no, good on you. Like, have a nice <laughs> time. And so if I can feel that, presumably I can feel happy for some imaginary little girl who, against all the odds, enjoys the film. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's let's save this for next time because I was about to respond, and then it's like, oh, I will say that again next time. I'll have yeah, forgotten. Myself. We're gonna let's not start the Beauty and the Beast podcast now because yeah. you know I can't be here for another three hours. It'll be more than three hours, <laughs> and I, that'll be the pre-podcast yeah. podcast before let's, you even see the film. Yeah, let's try and keep it down to less than that. I will, and the way I'll do that is by not writing as many notes. Good idea, because that's what—that's what it was. That's what killed us on yeah. Frozen. Yeah, and I wanted to read them all out, and I thought it was very funny. It was. I, I'm not sure you did. No, it was good. <laughs> it was good stuff. Yeah. It was eight hours of good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. has to give. It does. It does. Anyway, so, we'll see. Until what, uh, until that auspicious occasion, um, I think it's good. go away. Go away. <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, I'm Jahan and I'm Dave, <laughs> and this is Serious Business. Bye. Go away. <laughs> You can contact us, if you like, seriousdisness at gmail.com or at seriousdisness on Twitter. And if you like the podcast and you want it to continue without just sort of fizzling away as many podcasts do, then the best way to do that is to go over onto Apple Podcasts and give us a good review and five stars, because then the algorithms deliver us to new listeners. And if you're looking for something else to listen to now, uh, go and check out Sonic the Comic the Podcast. That's another thing I do. Okay, thanks. Bye.